Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a university challenge appreciation podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Well, have a look at this. We are now in December and we're in the fifth of the second round that matches. Yep. How time flies, huh? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, we're recording this on the 1st of December. Indeed. And uh, we had a lovely pleasure this morning of it snowing outside. Yeah, it was a wonderful thing to wake up to. Yeah, after five years of being in a country where... Tropical if, country. Yeah, if it <laughs> snows, something's gone really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. Or you've gone to sleep in the fake peace, which they have somewhere on the island. <laughs> It is, I got that one, and it's another episode where we talk about University Challenge. Yep. And it's once again, I feel like as producers deliberately go, hmm, which teams do people like? Who will be most upset if either one of these teams come yep, back? Yep, yep. That could possibly be it. Last week, we had a bit of a heartbreak when it was both Edinburgh and Durham. Yes. And now again, we have St. John's and Balliol, two teams which... It's very hard to root for anyone over the other because they were exactly. both so good in the first um, round. Now, having said that, one definitely had an easier time of it. And I think we're more likely to think, oh, this one easily, no question. Whereas yeah. the other one had to work for it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Actually, before we uh, get into it, Paxman is getting a bit uh, whimsical on us. Yeah, his intros are getting a little bit weird. Musical for sure. A sudden change from last week's brutal you win or you die <laughs> introduction to, to this week's um, kind of... Um, yes, golden tickets... Um, illusion. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure if we should follow that to a logical conclusion, however, because <laughs> I don't want to know which one of those teams is going to blow up and turn purple or get dragged away by feral squirrels. Or drowned in a pool of chocolate. That didn't happen. And they could have. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's probably more realistic than whatever <laughs> happened to uh, the German kid in uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yep. And he had a lovely little giraffe uh, tie. He did. He it was did. so cute. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we have a return of uh, St. John's. Yes, St. Uh, John's Cambridge. This one, it's remarkable because we have another marrow in it. Yes, the twin of the marrow from Imperial. Indeed. And yeah. so there was kind of expectation of, oh, are we going to see the two play out against each other? A marrow ball. <laughs> a marrow ball. Now, that would be the day. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, one of where I thought was a bit of a dark horse was uh, Malharic. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Polish um, yes. uh, contestant. Because I feel like uh, she was quite strong in the first round. Yes, yeah, she Didn't was. Didn't buzz a lot, but I think that uh, there was a language barrier and a bit of nervousness going on. Mm. I definitely feel like she showed up uh, this time around. Yeah, definitely. So because it's been a while since we've met St. John's. Yeah, let's um, actually introduce them and not just you know, talk about it. Yeah, let's just go through their, their majors again. So Maro doing bi- biology, uh, Malharic doing biology and natural sciences, Musgrove um, graduated in history, now doing an MPhil in world history, and Willis just graduated with a master's in history. So two graduates already. Yes, and they have an average age of 21. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Possibly Marrow and Malharic bring that down. A little bit younger, yeah. Yeah, maybe their second years. Yeah, but you tend to graduate when you're 21-ish, 21, 22. Mm -hmm. So that's about average. Yeah. And then on the other side of the aisle, we have Balliol. Yep, who we also saw quite a while back. Yes, they were the ones who played against um, Claire Cambridge. Claire Cambridge, indeed. Yes, where we uh, kind of fell in love with Van Soest, not well, really. I think you did, especially. Well, I mean, he was definitely a character. He was, he was. And it was nice to see a Belgian on the show, albeit only for one uh, round. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Balliol, we see the return of a reserve. Indeed. Well, not really the return, but another reserve. It's interesting because it felt like um, Paxman said it was the, the last team to play reserve. Mm-hmm. So that might suggest that they are not didn't film all these in order. Oh. So maybe he meant it in like the ones that they've recorded and have just been moved around. Possibly. Or maybe he misspoke and then realized that Billy were playing. Who knows? Could be, could be. Uh, oh, um, the conspiracy theories are afloat. <laughs> yeah, so the reserve for Billy was uh, Tomasi. Yes. 
Do you think it's Australian? Right? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, a good day. <laughs> from West Australia. Uh, doing, uh, well, he's graduated with a master's in law. Did. Um, Schofield doing classics. Did. O'Connor, the captain, doing, uh, who's graduated in philosophy and politics and started a graduate, graduate degree, degree in, philosophy. in philosophy. He also mentioned that he was also at Balliol. Yeah, Which now makes me wonder if people who have graduated and gone on to do master's or graduate degrees could be doing it in other universities. They do often do that. Yeah. Sometimes you choose the same university because the paperwork is a bit easier. I think yeah. the internal application is a bit simpler. But then now... People work with the same um, academics as yeah, well. Yeah, but in this case, now they have to represent the university that they were in when they started this um, yeah. this series. But anyway, so then Crowther uh, doing a DPhil in history. Indeed. And uh, the average age here is 26, and I think it's definitely Crowther and Tomasi which are bringing up. Yes. Because I could see that um, Tomasi is married. He had his wedding ring on oh, display. Oh, you noticed that? Yeah, I'm a very astute observer. Yeah. Just like I noticed that uh, St. John's had two mascots. They did? Yeah, they had that huge raven and a tiny little sheep, uh, loping sheep next I to Marrow. I didn't notice that at all. Well, I mean, the crow was a bit <laughs> of a dominating presence. It was. And it was kind of hard to tell, but I think that Belial had a little turtle. Yes, they did. Yes, it was it's very a, cute. It was very small, though. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can see his little head pointing yeah. out. I'll tell you what, wasn't small. Yeah. O'Connor's domineering presence. Definitely. I am blown away because yeah. we like to talk about the personalities, the dominating personas. And of course, we already had Webb uh, in uh, the first yeah. round. Yeah. And we had a few others where I was like, okay, they're definitely strong ones. But my God, what happened? I don't remember O'Connor being this strong in the first yeah, round. Yeah, me neither. He came in with the whole nine starters this time. And got all of them right All as well. of them right, yeah. That is phenomenal. Which is way ahead of the, the person with the second highest number of starters, actually. Yeah. So very impressive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and many of these came in in the first what ten minutes of the round, putting yes. Billiol in a very clear lead. Yeah, for the second time in a row, we've had a team start with three rapid fire, uh, you know, getting yeah, it right, being you know nearly a hundred points ahead of the opponent. Yeah, before they finally start catching up. Yeah. Now that's not to say that St. John's didn't uh, commit to a comeback. They had a very strong comeback. Yeah, yeah, and had a chance to overtake three times, only managed it in the third time. Yeah, yeah. The first time, not quite getting uh, some. Uh, Central American geography rights. Mm. Uh, the second time was because they forgot who Jacques Chirac was, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, why would you remember who Jacques Chirac <laughs> is? His most famous thing is that he had a mistress and he was bitten by a dog. Oh, right. Well, that sounds very memorable. Not really. He was a very boring old Frenchman. <laughs> well, I was going to say Napoleon, but... He wasn't. He was an emperor, not a president. <laughs> a bit of a time lag over there. <laughs> Only about 200 years, give or take. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I mean, Chirac was probably alive during the years of Napoleon. Oh, I would think of Charles de Gaulle, actually. Again, he was long dead by I the know. time. <laughs> I know. Wow. You definitely... That says, talks about how much I know about French political leadership. <laughs> well, I mean, you know your history of French political leadership. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's very hard to talk about anything other than I'm really just blown away by what O'Connor did. Yeah, I think what was especially impressive was his knowledge of Russian. So there's a question on Russian. Yes, that was the first ballets. picture round. Yeah, so the composers, uh, names of the composers of Russian ballets. So you had the mm-hmm. title of the ballet as well as the name of the composer. In Russian. Yes. So that was really interesting because um, from what I noticed, O'Connor was able to read Cyrillic. Cyrillic. Yeah. So what would happen is 
Schofield would be able to kind of deduce the composer's names mm-hmm. and then from there giving a clue to O'Connor who was able to actually read the, the script and therefore arrive at the right answer. So that was a really fun teamwork going on there. Yeah, it was definitely it was interesting to see how they could deduce, okay, so we know that in Cyrillic V this, is V, yeah. K is the same, K is the same. So you could kind of get a feel of who the composer was and then yeah. you have to think about, okay, what's their, um, yeah. I'm about to say discography. That's not quite <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Um, their list of works. I a suppose. bit anachronistic, but yes. Eh, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's all on discs now anyway, so I'm yeah. technically correct. Yeah, that's but, kind of correct. Yeah, that was ex- that was really fun to see. I was very impressive. That was very good workmanship, for sure. Mm. I was less appreciative of having another opera round for the music round. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's opera o'clock right now in the second round. Yeah, well, Malharic would disagree because uh, she came in with a very smooth, confident Puccini. That was, that, she uh, definitely knew her opera. She, she did. She's obviously a very cultured individual because yeah. she knew all kinds of uh, French. French artist and was very strong in the second picture round which was more modern um, art Uh, also we now know that they don't turn off those buzzers for the uh, bonus rounds Mm. because um, I think Maharik kind of got a bit too in the zone and buzzed uh, for the final one which I thought was very sweet it was quite funny that both Maro and Musgrove were like no 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 you don't need to buzz it's okay (laughs) yeah yeah it's very enthusiastic that was really fun yeah I think I should bring it back a little bit and say whilst O'Connor very admirable and I'm very impressed by what he did yeah well Herrick also was very very strong really standout performer yeah yeah and I don't know what it, it was that was different this time around but she definitely brought her A game because but I remember her being from the first round being really really good she was very well. involved but she didn't buzz as much it was she was one of your fantasy universe challenge she picks, was right? because I knew come out yeah very shell a bit more because in the first round it was more Musgrove yeah because remember he was one of the top scorers individual yes, scorers he, was, for the he first had round. a very high individual score yeah yeah, and this time he was still definitely present a lot, but mm. I think he took a step back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Willis also contributed a great deal. He did. And um, it was Amaro who gave him the, the edge briefly yes. in the 23rd minute. Yep, she did. Yes, with her knowledge of interferon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I'm still not quite sure what it is, but yeah, I, I know it's important in some way. Sounds science fiction. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. But uh, it was another bit of a nail butter of an episode. Yeah. So it's good to have two back to back to where it's actually kind of tight as to what's going to happen. Yeah, it makes for very fun television. Exactly. Very exciting. And there was uh, less uh, back and forth than there was the uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. But you could definitely just see the score so like cut. Uh, closing, closing, closing. Yeah, and then they were doing that. Just at the last minute, Bailey were able to overtake and build a bit of a lead. Yeah, so uh, with the final score of 200 to 155 to Bailey Yeah, that was very good. Um, also, yeah. at the gong, they got the 200. Exactly, at the gong, yeah. Uh, a lot of people were saying that O'Connor was carrying the team for, I for don't having think that's nine true. starter questions correct. But yeah, I also disagree because for a lot of the bonus questions, he could not have done it without Crowther and Schofield. For sure, they, those two really uh, uh, brought their A game, for sure. Yeah, they gave him the right answers many times. And mm-hmm. I think they also had a very good dynamic going on among the Belial team. A lot of trust I think so, um, yeah. among the team members also. They definitely like, okay, I defer to you because you seem to know yeah. your stuff here. Or maybe when they were preparing for the rounds, okay, I trust you to focus on these aspects or yeah. focus on these aspects and kind of cover it. Yeah, which makes O'Connor a good captain as well. For sure. he took the lead when he could and then deferred to his teammates um, when they when he knew that they clearly had Absolutely. it. Absolutely. They definitely conferred a little too long for my taste, mm. especially in the end. Yeah. I mean, any Just time, a fraction of a second. Anytime uh, Paxman starts saying, come on, you know that it's starting to enter... I'm not going to say bad sportsmanship, but it mm. feels a bit like... 
you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Don't, and don't this, drag it on more than you need to. And in this case, we, we did see that it did come down to the second. Yeah. To, to getting 10 points right on the gong. Exactly. So it was useful. And, you know, that wouldn't have made much of a difference, but it could have gone a bit the other way earlier on. And who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only player who, um, I guess it's maybe because, you know, he didn't, wasn't with him in the first round, but uh, Tomasi didn't yeah. really... He definitely, uh, you know, uh, was instrumental when they were asking about monopoly and probability. And yeah, and a little bit the, end, the he, Asian political leaders as well. Yeah, well... I think being based in Australia... You'd hope an Australian would at least know what's going on with their neighbours. Yeah, with some geography of Asia-Pacific, yeah. It could be tricky when you are the uh, reserve, because you yeah. haven't had the chance to have that on-screen uh, kind of chance to get together. yeah. Because... You know, mm. we know from talking to uh, Cone that uh, the reserve is definitely involved in all the preparation and whatnot, and they, and they come down to uh, the recordings as well. So uh, it's not like uh, he was, you know, left behind or anything, but yeah. Yeah. some very core experiences that for sure. I think missing out on seems to have an impact. Plus, you then have a chance to get over your, you know, first round nerves, which yeah. the other lot would have had a chance to. Yeah, but didn't really seem to matter because the team won. Yeah, no, I'm fairly impressed. Yeah, and so Tomasi will have a second chance to, to, to shine. Yeah, or maybe Hung will come back because it could just be a temporary thing. I don't, are they allowed to? I I'm guess. not sure about the rules, actually. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't bring her back. Maybe if once yeah. someone has to be subbed in for uh, the reserve, yeah. then reserve stays. But I feel like in this case, there have been so many reserves because people probably just had to go home to their home countries. There have been a few Americans... True. Um, yeah, so it makes sense. We'll find out soon because uh, Bailey are the first team to have a reserve play go through to the next round. Yeah. So we'll find out soon enough. Mm-hmm. Any last questions that you want to uh, talk about? No, that's about it. Yeah, they, about weren't, you? they weren't super exciting, I would <laughs> say. Uh, I mean, the only one which I thought was kind of cool was the electoral colleges. Yeah. Because that rewards you for, you know, I guess, being a bit too involved in American politics. <laughs> which I think most of us were. Oh, especially in the last couple of months. Yes. Uh, so uh, enough of that. It's time to move on to what we're really here for. You what know, about Stats Corner? Stats Corner? Yeah. That's what I meant. Of course I meant Stats Corner. Stats corner. I did not forget about Stats Corner at all. Are, are you trying to imply that people are not looking forward to Stats Corner? Absolutely not. How dare you insinuate it? All right. So back to Stats Corner. So like I said, O'Connor with the most out of questions, nine. Uh, Mel Herrick and Musgrove, three out of four. It felt like Mel Herrick buzzed in more. I think because she was just such a dominant Possibly. player that it just came across like And she did buzz in an extra time during the uh, music round. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's uh, fuzzing my memory somewhat. Yeah, and then uh, Crowther and Schofield from Balliol won a piece, both of which they got right. Yeah. Um, Willis once, uh, Marrow once out of two times. Exactly. Yep. And for the uh, bonus rounds? Yes. So when it came to starter questions, um, Balliol got 100% of their starter questions correct. Wow. Which is the most impressive we have seen so far. I mean, obviously the only team that's gotten every single one of them correct. Yeah. Bonus questions wise, they were actually kind of evenly matched in this case. So Balliol with 60% of the bonus questions, St. John's with also 60%, about 62%. Okay, so... Technically, St. John's had slightly better batting average with the bonuses. Yeah, slightly better, but then not good enough to overtake um, Balliol's just excellence in starter questions. I guess it's because they got a couple of starter questions wrong, and yeah. that's what really cost them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're actually very similar teams. And I think what kind of 
coloured our expectations somewhat was because when we saw St. John's, they were playing against the uh, Music Academy mm-hmm. and they were extremely dominant. Yeah. So maybe we had the impression, oh, they're going to absolutely dominate things. They had a really easy time of it. Yeah. Whereas Belial, they didn't, I wouldn't say struggle, but they had to fight against uh, Claire's Definitely, Definitely for a while. yeah. And I think uh, Claire were leading for the first part, and then mm-hmm. they had to kind of pull it back a little bit in the end. Yeah, and then uh, something else that's interesting. So this match, so far, is the second highest scoring uh, combined score in the series. Really? Yeah, so uh, Warwick versus Wilson from episode 12 tops the charts at 360. Okay. Um, Actually, yeah, that I remember that one because, yeah. yeah, war coming out of nowhere to suddenly just dominate absolutely everything. Yeah, so St. John's, so this particular match ties with Edinburgh versus Manchester from episode 13 with 355 uh, combined score. This is definitely the highest scoring second round yeah, match, definitely. for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And wow. Yeah, and it's just getting more and more exciting. Absolutely. So let's hope that uh, we have a three in a row. Uh, it'd be kind of sucky if we have another I, one-sided I uh, definitely uh, think so. There's still some really good teams coming up. That's Open, true. Back, yeah. yeah, we still have some real powerful teams coming up. I can't wait for that. Absolutely. And so... Now we go on to the other uh, hotly anticipated uh, segments. <laughs> yes. The best dress section. Best dressed. Now, I think we are in absolute unanimity here. Mm-hmm. It was definitely Rebecca Marrow. Yeah, I think so. She had these lovely dramatic spiral earrings. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah, and this loose neck black jumper top. I think it uh, worked very well. Definitely. Together. And, you know, everything, you know, also the way she her did hair her hair. at some point, yeah. Yes, she flipped her hair a bit less than she did in the first <laughs> round. But yeah. there were a few near the end. Honorable mention, I would say, goes to Schofield because yes. I liked her little uh, bee top. Yeah, I didn't notice there were little bees on there, but yeah. it's great. I only noticed on the second viewing. Yes, with the lovely parallel to Paxman's giraffe tie. Exactly, it was wow. a very animal-friendly uh, round this time yes, around. Yes, so giving us a lot um, of wonderful things to, to look at, as yeah. well as And I guess I should grudgingly say, yeah, so Connor's knitwear was kind of nice as well. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just monochrome. Yeah. It was nice patterned. Uh, yeah, at least we didn't have the standard, you know, shirt with a jumper look. Too Blues much this time around. Yeah. Blacks, yeah, this one had some colour in it. Alrighty. It looks like we're slowly losing um, some real... Uh, uh, Powerhouse players. Well, also, uh, we're also losing the real dress to impress players as well. Mm. You know, Jeff Code is gone, Spacey's yeah. gone, oh, yeah. Maro's gone. Mm. So we're going to have to really rely on Cohen to bring out even more <laughs> colourful shirts. Colourful patterned shirts, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Parkinson, you have to step up your game now. <laughs> yep, yep. You better have more cat jumpers uh, to bring out here. <laughs> yeah. So... Yes, another really fantastic round. Uh, a bit of a heartbreak, but there's still really good teams that have come through. Yeah, and like Paxman said, St. John's could have easily won. Yeah, they definitely could come up with this with a head held high. Definitely. Uh, it wasn't because that they really messed up. It was just, sometimes it's just the one question. Yeah. I think that if they'd got the one about Central American geography correct, they might yeah, well have won because... I think so. The bonuses were definitely in Marrow where Maharik's uh, wheelhouse. And it does mean that we don't have a Marrow gate, unfortunately. <laughs> that would have been so fun. You mean Marrow Bull. Marrow gate is something Yeah, totally that, that, that's a little bit too uh, intense. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. It's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.